Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Thanks for joining us online. Thanks all you guys who are in this house with us. Time to get into the word that I have for you. And I, I want to say that the, before I say anything, I want to start off with this, and, and you guys know what to do when I say it. God is good. And you can repeat that after me. God is good. God is good. All the time. All the time. And all the time. All the time. God is good. Whether it's 2020, 2021, God is still good. Amen? Um, but but I'll t- I have to say this. I, I don't think that everything that happens in our lives always feels good. And I don't know if anybody else has felt um, the absence of feeling good this week like I have. But let me just say, like, uh, all the progression of 2020 um, it just feels like one thing after the next, after the next, after the next. And it gets to the point where you, you're just not even surprised when the next crazy, c- catastrophic thing happens. It's like we're kind of getting used to that. And, you know, if any of you have been paying attention to anything with uh, the presidential race and all that stuff, like, it just went to a whole other level this week. So, um, you know, uh, Wednesday happened. And, and the, the Congress was meeting together and they were going to be doing all the stuff to, you know, confirm it all. But, but there were people who, uh, who wanted to have an opportunity to talk through some things because of, of the, you know, alleged voter fraud and all that. And they wanted to work through all that stuff. And right when they're in the middle of talking through that stuff, um, you know, all the, all the people that were outside that were there to support Donald Trump in that situation... Um, some people think there's probably over 500,000 people and, and, you know, for the most part, I've, I've, I know several people who were there. They said 99.9% of everybody that was there, it was 100% peaceful and, and even love-filled. And, uh, but what, you know, how crazy is that, that, um, that, that riot, a riot broke out and people rushed into the Capitol building and it, I mean, there's so many levels of crazy to this. Like, I'm not even going to go into all of it, but, but a lot of people are even baffled. Like, how could that happen? <laughs> how could they even have done that? Like, on the most secured, should be the most secured place in the, in the world on that day. But that happened. And then we all saw a picture of that. Um, he, he must be insane. That guy with the bullhorn standing in there. Like, I don't know what's going on with all that. But um, it, it, it busted up everything they were trying to do. And, and in our nation, it just all of a sudden, as you know, things already were, there's tension on both sides and, and tension with people from any side of the spectrum of whatever spectrum you're even looking at. There's opposition and there's animosity. And it, felt like, it feels like hell is broken loose. I don't know. Has anybody else maybe have felt that in the atmosphere? Does it feel that way to you guys? Um, and, and uh, you know, there's, there, there's really, it, it feels like there's just an increase, like an instantaneous increase of a, of a spirit of fear that's been released into our nation right now. Um, anxiety, just spirit of anxiety, just stress. 
and tension and animosity, and, and it's crazy. And I don't know if you feel that. I'm going to be vulnerable with you. I have been, and I don't like it. Uh, and, and uh, you know, this is a time, doesn't matter which, where you're at with all that stuff, there are some matters to sort through. And, and for me, what I'm really needing to continue sorting through, and I'm, I'm, I am, I'm getting some breakthrough on it, but um, it, it really comes down to what are we going to believe? And, and, and where, where are we anchored to? Because if we're anchored to desired outcomes, that might, that might let you down. One way or the other, it might let you down. But I, I just, I feel like today, what I feel in my spirit that I really need to focus on um, as, a, as a pastor, um, you know, the word pastor actually means a shepherd, and I feel the, feel the heart of the Lord to shepherd us, um, to, to really point our focus back into, towards, uh, towards God and, and trusting Him and, and having hope. Because I think a lot of hope has been impacted, maybe disrupted for a lot of people. It's hard to trust. Um, I want to I help us. And, and I mean, the, the title of this is so simple, Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. My mom shared a dream that she had. I want to read this to you guys. And it was on, on the morning of December 31st, so New Year's Eve, right before, you know, the, the, the shift into the, the new year that's going to just solve all our problems, we thought. <laughs> um, she had a dream that morning, and I'm going to read it to you. She says, my daughter Amy, that's my sister, and I were together. It was important that we went somewhere to do something. I don't know what it was we needed to do. We had to cross a body of water to get there. Someone asked us what we were going to do if there wasn't a boat. Amy said, we'll walk if we have to. When we got to the bank of the water, there was not a boat. A lot of us would freak out at that moment. But Amy stepped out and started walking on the water. That's amazing. I suddenly felt incredible faith rise up in me, and I knew if I stepped out in the same area that she did, I'd be okay. I stepped out, and when my foot hit the water, it was as if I stepped on solid ground, and together we walked to the other side. That's a powerful dream. Yeah. And, and my mom told me this dream. I got to be at her house the night that all that happened. Um, Jessica had to, had to go to Tennessee last minute because uh, she has her grandma is uh, about to pass away and she wanted to go be with her. So uh, I came down from northern Indiana because I'd been ministering up there for a couple nights and had to go to my mom's where the kids were. I ended up spending the night there, but uh, I was just feeling heavy and burdened and, and distraught, um, turmoil. And, but mom shared this dream with me and it just felt so much hope because, you know, I, I think that it's easy for us to uh, presume what, what the solution is to help us accomplish or get to the places that God's promised us. And, uh, you know, when we get to there and what, what if that thing that you're banking on is, is not actually there? Are you going to give up or are you going to trust the Lord to do the impossible? And, you know, the story of, of Moses and the Israelites at the Red Sea, um, you know, that the Egyptians are coming up behind them. They have nowhere to go. And, but the Lord, God was not nervous. 
<laughs> he didn't provide him a million boats either. Like, like, but he knew that, that if they trust him, he's going to get them through to the other side. And uh, it wasn't going to be by, by the strength of man. It's going to be only by God. And so I feel that this dream is super important to us, the message in it, um, that there's hope that, that we can trust in the Lord no matter what our circumstances are. And, and I want to actually read out of uh, Jeremiah 17. I'm going to read a few different passages to you guys. Um, I, I feel that the most encouraging way that I can release encouragement, I guess, to you is from the Word of God. I, you know, I can come up with sermons, but the Word is really, that's where our, our anchor is. So Jeremiah 17, there's a song that, that the Lord reminded me of this week that I, I heard many, many years ago, back in the 90s. Um, it's, from a, it's from an old Messianic worship album. It's a Jewish Messianic worship album. And there's a song that says, trust it says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. And, and he's, I've been listening to that song over and over. And obviously it's outdated. It's not a cool current song, but the spirit of it has really been just nurturing my soul and encouraging me. And I want to read it. But it, when I looked it up today, I realized that the preceding verses to it are super important too. So I'm going to read Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. Thus says the Lord, this first part's not encouraging, by the way, but God does contrasts. <laughs> Cursed is the man who trusts in man. Check that out. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Now we are supposed to trust in man especially our, our brother and sister in the Lord. We're supposed to trust one another. But, but this is saying, curse is the man who trusts in man, and, and you're, you're relying on flesh to be your strength, uh, but your heart departs from the Lord. So it's like, it's like not even bringing God into the equation. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and he shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, which is not inhabited. So that's kind of like trusting that boat. And it's like if that boat hadn't, you know, if, if they were putting all their stock in the boat, like, but not thinking about God, it's like, that's what he's saying. You know, if we're, if we're putting our, all our trust in a, a person, but we're, but we're not bringing God into it, we're missing everything, okay? But check out the good part. This is the contrast. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. And whose hope is the Lord. For, we sh for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river. I'm going to stop. I'll, re I'll finish it here in a moment. But the tr trusting in the Lord, you're like a tree. Your roots go to the river of living water underneath the surface, under the part where, where you can't see on the outside. It's, it's separate from the circumstances of the world, but you go deep and you get anchored in the Lord. You get grounded in the Lord. And it says in Ephesians that we're rooted and grounded in, in the love of Christ. And so to be rooted and grounded in the Lord and, our, and, we're, and we draw from His river, 
that, that we get to live from that place. That's what it is to trust in the Lord, in God's mind. All right? It says, and, and which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. That's a powerful word. It's a powerful word because it's, it's saying that if you're trusting in the Lord, if you're anchored in Him, you're, you're drawing from the Spirit of the Lord and letting Him nourish you on the inside place. From the inside. The, it doesn't matter what's happening on the outside. If the heat comes, if a, if a tree or a plant is not rooted good, and it's not drinking water good, and it gets hot, it'll, it can kill it. It can parch it. And it can die. And, but it says that, that it will not fear when the heat comes. And the reason is because it knows it's going to survive no matter what, what kind of heat or drought comes against it. It will not be anxious in the year of drought. So even if drought comes, it's still going to bear green leaves and it's going to continue yielding fruit. And I just want to declare over us right now the the. Uh, circumstances of the earth are failing many people right now, but this is a time that, that we need. Um, we need to really press into the Lord. We need to anchor ourselves in him like we never have before. We need to believe that we're trees planted by water and that we can, we can reach our roots into him. We can go deep in him and draw the, the nourishment of that water. And even when everything around you wants to try to uh, destroy you, that you can still bear green, green leaves and bear fruit all the time. Never cease yielding fruit, no matter what the environment tries to tell you that your, that your odds are. Amen. To me, that's super encouraging. And, but it really comes down to, do you trust in the Lord? Are you trusting Him? And if, we, if we're putting our stock in a man, and I think there's a lot of people maybe who have been putting stock in a man, and you know, that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with having desires and praying and, and really believing and standing with a person, but, but if we're putting that person in place of Christ, we're kind of missing the point. And that'll make you like a parched shrub in the wilderness, in the desert. But if we can know that God's always available to us, and I want to say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good or bad things are around us, that God's always available, and we can continue knowing that He's going to be faithful. He's going to always be present for us. He's going to always be who He's promised that He is, no matter what. So I, want to, I just want to encourage you right now, the, the, if there's anything that's caused you fear, if there's anything that's caused you anxiety or stress or animosity, turn to the Lord. Turn your face to Jesus. He's your answer. He's going to give you everything you need, no matter what. It doesn't matter when it is. Some people think that we're, that we're speedily approaching the, the last days and you know, that there's going to come a day when Jesus is coming back in the sky and we'll be raptured. And, and there's, you know, the, the tribulation and uh, antichrist, all these things that, that they teach or whatever. You know, I'm just going to say this. I'm not going to try to push any theology on that. But let me say this. Even if so, 
Even if the worst, if the world gets horrible because of end times, guess what? God is still faithful. He's still faithful. Like, I I don't think that we're, that's what we're about to start seeing, the mark of the beast. But say it is, like whatever, God's faithful. He's going to always be here for us. He's going to cover us. He's going to provide. He's going to protect. And he's going to grow us. And we're going to see his glory show up. I also wanted to read Psalms 91. I'm going to read the whole chapter. I know that often when you're doing a sermon, you try to avoid reading whole chapters. But we're in times right now when we need the Word like we've never needed it before, guys. And I want to take you guys into the Word. I really want to... I would rather lead us in the Word than just good philosophies, okay? Psalm 91. This is a word, this is a, this is a chapter that's been important this whole past year, and we need it just as much now, all right? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Stop there for a second. God's invited us into his secret place. That's, there's no better place to be than in his secret place, that intimate place with him. He draws us in. He invites us in, and we can have that. It's that place where his throne is. It's the place where his heart beats from. It's the place where his glory, Shekinah, Kabad glory is. He wants to engulf you in that, and he wants to lavish you in it. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. That's the, that's the, the God who is, um, he's the, that's the Yahweh. Yahweh. He brings us into him. They shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So he covers us under the shadow. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. I will trust. That's that word. I will trust. When we hide in him, he becomes a fortress around us. I don't, uh, it doesn't matter what fortress you could imagine in this world that's the most guarded place. Apparently, it's not the capital in the D.C., which we thought it would have been. But whatever the most guarded place you could ever imagine in this world is nothing compared to Yahweh who created this world. He's a fortress for you. That's powerful. I hope that we can grow in our understanding of the capacity of that more than we ever knew. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. So that would be the person, a snare of the fowler. That's a, that's a bird hunter who sets traps to catch birds. But this is referring actually to Satan or the demons that try to trap us and, and destroy our lives. It says, surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Come on. Disease that breaks out like crazy. He'll, he'll, he'll deliver us from that. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. A shield is a, is a large shield. A buckler is a, is a tiny shield, and, and which means he's going to protect you from big things and small things. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, And I just declare this over us right now, where there's fear of what could come that could make us worry that something bad's going to happen to us. 
If, we, if you stay, if you dwell in him and you stay hidden with him in the secret place, you don't have to be afraid of that. You don't have to be afraid of that. God will cover you. Nor of the arrow that flies by the day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. That's saying that God's going to cover you. He's going to shield you. He's going to protect you from things that could even destroy thousands of other people right around you. He, He will cover you. Come on. Just like he covered the Israelites when they put the blood of the lamb on their on their homes, and the, and the angel of death went over, and he killed the firstborn in every home, unless he saw the blood. And that blood, it's the blood of Jesus, and he covers us, and he protects us, and he won't let these things come to you if you stay hidden in him. Hallelujah. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. Come on, I want to just say, there's a lot of Christians who come in and out of God's presence. They, they, they spend some time there, but they're not dwelling there. And the Lord's inviting us to dwell with Him, not just to be sometimers with Him. So the Lord actually is looking for full-on, laid-down lives for Him. And, and to, to be a person who dwells with him, he becomes our refuge. Amen? Amen? No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they will bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And I just want to stop right there and declare this, that... Uh, you know, I, I feel that, that things are heating up in the atmosphere in this day and age. And, and, a, and there's, there's a warfare that's happening like we've never seen before. I think there's probably so much more going on in the spirit realm than we have any idea. And there's probably clashings of swords going on that we can't see. But I believe that, uh, that we are coming upon the greatest, mightiest move of God we've ever seen. And that's something to get excited about. And I really believe that we're about to start experiencing an, a, a significant increase of angelic activity in our lives. I believe that uh, if we, and, and I'm talking about for people who are, who are really seeking Him, seeking Him in the secret place, hiding in Him, and dwelling with Him. And when I say dwelling, again, I mean people who are living that lifestyle, not just kind of dipping in and out, or one foot in, one foot out. I'm talking about fully hidden in Christ. The the Lord is about to start increasing your awareness of the angelic, and we're going to start... There's going to be manifestations of angelic activity. I believe people are going to start feeling angels more. You're going to start seeing them more. You're probably going to start hearing them and smelling them more. And, and they're showing up to do things. They're not just coming just so that we can have 
ecstasy moments, which that's great, and I love those, but they're on assignment, and they've got, uh, they've got graces on them, they've got anointings, they've got gifts and weapons and purposes, and if we can learn how to, how to discern them, that we're going to be able to uh, partner with heaven and what's going on with that. But the angels actually are come to protect us. They come to protect us. And I, I just, this week when I was up in northern Indiana and I was preaching, the Lord reminded me of that picture of Elisha and his servant that were up on a mountaintop and they were surrounded by the evil armies that were there to crush them. And his servant uh, was, was fearful because they were outnumbered and he knew that they were about to get slaughtered on every side. But he looked over to Elisha and he's kind of just kicking back. And, he, and he's, I, I could only imagine, he's probably like, what are you doing? How can you be sitting there? Are you stupid? And, and, the Lord, and then he, he prayed to the Lord, God, open my servant's eyes. And his eyes were open and he saw surrounding all of them were angels and warrior angels on fire. And then he wasn't scared anymore because they knew that they, that they have the upper hand. <laughs> And I just believe that the Lord wants to reveal to us in this time, just like in Acts. In Acts, it, angels were so common that, um, that when, they, when Peter was broken out of prison, they thought that Peter probably was actually martyred uh, when, he, when he went and knocked on this friend's door and the person that came uh, said she, she saw him and then she went back and told everybody, Peter's here. And they said, oh, it must be his angel. Are you serious? Like, like, wouldn't that be enough for you to want to run to the door? <laughs> I mean, if it, even if it was Peter's angel, like, I'd be like all over that thing. Where is he at? Let me see this angel. But it was so common for them to see angels. And I mean, I, th I think that it was actually an angel that released Peter from the prison when that happened. And uh, I might be getting my stories mixed, but... Um, angels were helping them and they, and they were getting them through hard times and... and they were in persecution, and the, the, the atmosphere of the, of the cities and the nations they were in was, it was turmoil. It was, it was hot. It was not exciting, um, except when you know that you're actually in the kingdom, and the kingdom is still advancing despite that stuff. And uh, I declare this up in Bristol, Indiana, that God is not looking to ask governors and mayors and presidents for permission to move into this turf and bring the mightiest revival ever. He's going to do it despite what anybody else thinks. And, uh, you know, I just, I just want to say that, that no matter what things try to make us enter into fear, that's the devil's work to try to divert our attention off of the things that God's trying to do. And, and he wants to do everything he can to, to get our eyes off of the Lord and off of the promises, onto the problems, coming under subjection to fear and things that will try to subdue us and make us think uh, that things are going bad and they're just going to get worse. But guess what? You read through the Bible and God, uh, God did the mighty exploits that we read in this word in some of the worst times in the nations that this is written in uh, because people dared to believe despite circumstances and he sends the angel he sends his power and he sends the the dunamis power this power of the spirit of god in 
when opposition comes. So I'm just declaring over us right now in Jesus' name that we need to believe that we're about to start experiencing an increase of the supernatural manifestations of God and angelic presences and hosts in our, in our, in, in our nation and in our own personal lives so that we can move forward and, and see revival come. Amen? Amen? Let me finish this. Because... Oh, sorry. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. <laughs> See, the lion and the cobra, that, that can mean many different things, but I think in context, it, it really can mean the, the devil who's trying to intimidate and trying to scare us. But it's saying that, you know, as we're living that place of abiding in Him and we're partnering with the angels that are coming in, that God's actually going to give us the power to crush Satan and all the opposition he's trying to bring against us. You shall, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high. Come on. I will set him on high. Because we love him, he's going to set us on high. The, but, but the lies and the fear and all this stuff tries to suppress you, which means oppress you and push you down, pushing you underneath it. But he's saying if you love him, he's going to separate you from that stuff. He's going to keep you free. He's going to keep you protected, but not just separated and protected. He's going to set you on high on top of it. Come on. That's a good word. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Come on. I will deliver him and honor him. Thank you, Lord. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I just declare that in Jesus' name that God's going to keep us safe as we stay connected with him. He's going to protect us. He's going to provide for us. He's going he's to lift us above these things. He's going to bring the angelic powers and presences into our lives. We're going to rise above these things and we'll be set on high, which is a place of victory and great favor. And that he's going to deliver us and that he's going to give us long life and we're going to see his salvation. We're going to see his salvation, which means he's going to give us the victory over the things that are trying to come against us. That's some good words. Hope you're encouraged so far. Are you guys encouraged? <laughs> Come on. There, I, I, wanna, I just want to say, like, despite anything, whether, whether it be the times we're in or the circumstances we're in, that there's, there's really um, there's nothing that can change the principles of God's kingdom. That if we live according to the principles of his kingdom, they're going to work always in any situation, no matter what. And if we follow them, he'll cover us. And, you know, here's a few principles. I'm not going to list all of them, but a few of them. Uh, put God first in everything. If you put God first in everything, he's got you covered. Seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness. All these things that you need will be added to you. It doesn't matter if, if there's a COVID. It doesn't matter if you're limited on your ability to work, or it doesn't matter if we're in an economic issue or whatever, that God promises, seek Him first and His righteousness. He will add these things to you. He's got you covered. You know, some other principles. 
The first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Some other principles that that we need to really make sure we're doing well with. Family. Doing well with family. God first. I'd say family right after that. And the Lord wants us to really strengthen the relationships of our families. And and to make sure that, that we're keeping our hearts in a good place because we need to have unity. We need to have oneness um, and, and, re- and staying connected to the community that God's called us to. Heart connection and, and interactiveness and just know, knowing how each other's doing and encouraging one another, lifting one another up. So important. And, you know, that gets tricky when they're trying to tell you, stay home all the time or don't go to church or you know, don't go unless they're doing all these different things you need them to do to whatever. Like we have to have spiritual community so that we can stay healthy and grounded and strong and encourage one another. And it says in Hebrews 10, do this all the more as you see the day approaching. Guys, we've got to stay banded together. Some other principles, tithing, and sowing and reaping are so important. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter how it's impacting your, your trust in your money. We're already supposed to not trust in things other than God, according to what I just read. We don't want to trust in our money. We want to trust in the Lord. And the Lord has given us um, specific guidance in, with the management of our money that we're, we're supposed to give God our first 10%. Tithe means tenth, and it's the first tenth, we give it to Him. And just not, not just the tithe, but sowing, like, like giving, helping people where you need to, and, and sowing, and the Lord promises that as we sow, we'll reap back even more. And the Lord, because the principles of tithing and sowing and reaping, it teaches us in the Word, I'm not going to go into it right now, that if we... If we do that, the Lord is actually sanctifying our money and it attracts the blessings of heaven onto our, our finances and our resources. And like tithing and sowing and reaping would be really important to make sure that we're protecting that habit in a time when everything economically would try to tell us you need to hoard your money as much as you can. Well, who are you trusting? Who are you trusting? Because I want to trust the Lord who doesn't do things by the laws of man. He does them by his nature. And he's faithful. Amen? And God, here's another principle. God is faithful. God is faithful. And anything that is going to try to make us think that, uh, that all the things that we've been investing our lives for, for the kingdom, are about to fall apart. Let's just laugh at that lie. <laughs> the idea that, that the Lord has given you promises and you've been trying to prepare your life for it and you've been serving towards that and all these things and everything around you putting fear on you, trying to tell you it's not going to work anymore. Everything's changing and there's not going to be the support system that you thought you had to be able to accomplish those things. Ha, ha, ha. Who are you trusting in? Who are you trusting in? Because God's faithful. And if he promises something, he sees it through. We, we have to do it his way, not our way, in his time, not our time. But, but he sees his promises through if we stay the course and we do it his way, we do it right. You can read about Abraham as an example. 
didn't happen in his timing. It didn't even happen the way he tried to make it happen, but it happened as he submitted to the Lord and he did it God's way in God's time. Here's another principle for you guys. These things are, uh, are keep the faithfulness of, of the kingdom flowing in our lives. That's why I'm saying these things right now. The word of God will not return to him void. God's word will not return to him empty. It, it will... It will do its work, and it will do everything it's meant to do until it returns back to him with something in its hands to prove that it worked. It's powerful. And, and I, I'm saying these things because in trying times, we've got to anchor down in the truths of the kingdom more than ever and not waver in this time. No matter what happens, uh, even things that are out of our control, you know, did you get the president you wanted? Did you get the job you wanted? Nobody asked for COVID. Nobody asked for the disease that came with COVID. Nobody asked for the restricted lives that came with COVID. But so these things are out of our control, and there's so many different things that are out of our control, but we've got to keep our eyes on God and trust Him no matter what. If, things, if you get to the, to the body of water that you're supposed to cross over and the boat's not there, are you going to give up or are you going to trust the Lord no matter what? Because if we put our faith in things or in people, we're going to be failed at some point. If we put it in the Lord, He's faithful. Amen? He will see us through and His purposes will be established if we stay the course, I was reminded today, I say today, you guys, you probably already could guess this. We're recording this on Saturday night. So you're watching this in the morning. You're probably thinking, how, when did he start his day? But Second uh, <laughs> Chronicles 2012 is Jehoshaphat. And he was the king of Israel at the time. And and they were concerned because he was actually freaked out because the enemy armies were on their way and he felt like they were going to lose them if God doesn't show up. And he's crying out to the Lord and he's reminding God of, his pro of the promises of the land and how he's come through before. But, it, but he says this to the Lord. He says, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And, you know, there are times when, when we just really don't know what we need to do or what to believe. But what we need to do, even when we're clueless, in that place that Josh talked about earlier, where he, he read out of Philippians 4, and it says that God will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. It's like we don't, we don't know. Sometimes we don't know what to do. Sometimes it's okay to be able to be honest with God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And, and that's the safest place to be. And after he prayed that prayer, um, another person came and prophesied to him. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this is what he said. He says, the, the Lord says to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, it's God's. Come on. Safest place we can be is, is trusting in Him. Hiding in Him. Believing that He's going to come through for us no matter what. So 
we don't know what to do, maybe. All right? But I want to tell you a few things that we do know. And I'm moving towards wrapping up here. And then I'm going to have a, a few of them come up here and release some prayers over us. Uh, we, we, we may not know what to do, but I'll tell you some things that we do know. We know this. We've got to remember that God has chosen this place for us to live. Okay? God put you in your mother's womb, however many years ago that was, knowing that this was the time in history that he, he was putting you into this earth. 2021, he put you here for this time. Thank you, Jesus. For this time. He put you right here in America. If you're, if you're right here with us with Overflow, he put you right here in, you know, in, in central Indiana, right here, this place, this time. And he put you here with these people. Okay, so you're in the right time. You're in the right place. You're with the right people. And we can have, we can have a assurance in our hearts. We can trust that, that God did this on purpose with good intentions. Acts 17, 26, Paul said, uh, he, God has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. So God has, God has already determined the times that we're going to live, and He determined, determined the places that we're going to live and the people that we're going to be with. So that should give us, you know, it, I've had times where I'm like, God, why couldn't you have made me live like 50 years ago to avoid all this crap? And, but the Lord's like, hey, I, I, I put you here for such a time as this. Like, like it was said of Esther when things were looking bad. But another thing we know, that God's given us promises. He's given us promises. And if God promises something, he's faithful. Okay? Another thing that we, that we know, that God knows the end from the beginning. All right? You can read Isaiah 46.10 to see that. God knows the end from the beginning. And so God knew everything is happening right here in this day, in this time. He knew it all when he gave you those promises. And, and when he had foresight of the thing that's going on in this day and age, and he promised those things to you, he wasn't double-minded. All right? He wasn't like, oh, this, I promise you this. As long as this kind of thing doesn't happen, I'm going to do this for you if everything goes well. No, I'm going to do this for you. I don't care about anything else. I'm doing this for you. All right. God knew what happened in 2020, 2021. Here's another thing we know. God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should change his mind. So if he promises you things, he hasn't changed his mind about it, and he wasn't lying about it, all right? So that should make us excited, that, that no matter what is trying to make us think things are not going to work out, we need to be excited. God knew it, and he, he wasn't lying. He still means what he said. That's where faith really comes in. That's where, the, that's where we fight the good fight of faith, that we're going to believe what God said, no matter what resists us. You guys with me on that? Here's another thing we know. 
God moves most powerfully when we need him most desperately. God moves most powerfully when we need him most desperately. And, uh, and when God called Moses, he called him because he heard the cries of his people that were in oppression. God heard the cries of his people and his heart was moved to, to raise up a person who would deliver them from the oppression. God came in and he moved mightily in their midst. So pressure creates a desperation that God needs, needed to see the whole time. God always wanted to see a desperation in us, but sometimes uh, we miss it and, and we don't get that desperate until desperate, desperate times come. But God knows that, that, that a hunger for him, that desperation, the need for him, it moves his heart. And he wants to move in our midst. And, and we can see, like, when things are getting more desperate or when, when we feel the pressure intensifying, because it feels like the pressure cooker is just heating up right now. It feels like it's about to explode. And, and that's a lot of where the spiritual warfare is going on. But I think that it would be wise for us to see all the distress, the, the, the distress that we might feel or experience or see if we can shift our focus of what that distress is and see it as labor pains to birth something mighty birth pains labor pains to birth something mighty and we need to know who we are like never before there's no time like right now for us to know who we are in Christ, to know our identity, to know who God believes that we are. And we need to live from that place better than we ever have. Because the world's desperate for you to bring hope to them. And this is what we've been born for, guys. This is what we've been born for. I want to read one more passage before I wrap up here. Out of Romans 8, I'm going to read verses 18. Where am I going to? Let me hold on a second. Yeah, I'm going to read 18 through 23. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Hallelujah. God wants to reveal his glory. In you. <laughs> Think about the sufferings and the intensity and the craziness. Like that doesn't even come close to comparing to the glory that God plans on revealing in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. So all this crazy stuff that we're happening that we're seeing in the world, and I'm not even I mean it's all over the place, even earthquakes and hurricanes and natural disasters and all this stuff, it just feels like it's just getting worse and worse. And but it, but creation and it's the people and it's just the creation itself. They're waiting eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God because we are the ones who are going to reveal our Father to this world, and we're going to reveal His glory because we're going to be the people who carry His glory. And when they see it, we're going to be able to give them hope like they've never had before, and they can enter into the thing that they see us walking in and become as we are. 
It's amazing. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. Hallelujah. That's so amazing. And so here's one, more, one last thing I want to say that we do know. That this is something we know. That we can expect to see a mighty move of God and an outpouring of the Spirit of God like we've never seen before. The more that things intensify and even the worse things come and the the more the the enemy tries to resist against us, we can either let that cripple us in fear or we can get excited to know that God's so much bigger than all that stuff and that he never lets the devil win. And so the Lord actually wants to come in mighty and he's expecting to do it through the revealing of the sons of God. But he wants to come in mighty and to overcome this thing, and he wants to come in so big that it makes that stuff that felt huge coming at us feel so small under him. He wants to crush it. Amen? I'm excited about that. I believe God's put us here for such a time as this. Such a time as this. And, and we are on the brink of great things, and I'm calling on each one of you, each one of you, calling on us, to anchor down and to not waver and to, and to not, um, we, we need to evaluate ourselves and to see if there's any place where we're putting our trust in the wrong thing. Are we putting our trust in the wrong place? Are we, are we seeking other things first before the kingdom? Because if so, we need to repent to the Lord and realign ourselves and get fully focused, fully surrendered dwelling in the shadow of the Almighty God.